Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles post-game, the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State football podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Barry Trammell, coming to you from Morgantown, West Virginia. And as always, the Cowboy Chronicles is brought to you by Zach. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. Well, Barry, it was quite a ball game, a little bit of a throwback in some ways. Uh, a very interesting game, a very big win, I thought, for Oklahoma State, 20-13. to 13. I thought Mike Gundy had a really good line about that uh, in describing that the, uh, the, the magnitude of a win can sort of be dictated by the circumstances that you're in. Um, you know, a few weeks ago, if you had said Oklahoma State's going to beat West Virginia 20-13, to 13, you would have thought the world was coming to an end. Uh, but based on what they've been dealt over uh, over the last few weeks, and in particular this week, losing Spencer Sanders, having to turn to Drew Brown, and to come in here and win a game was really impressive. Well, it was, and, you know, the uh – to win a to win a game on the road in conference without your quarterback, with a with a backup quarterback, when your offense hadn't been great anyway, you know, no Tylen Wallace, um, the offensive line's just been okay this year, nothing yeah. special, no one's. It, it, this is not a traditional name brand Oklahoma State offense, right? And to come up here and win like that, I thought was an excellent victory for the Cowboys. It was tough. It was gritty. It was grimy. It was old-fashioned. Gundy had it right. OSU had nine possessions. Two of them were ending the half. Yeah. Just running out the clock or, you know, they got sacked on one. But So they had seven full possessions. West Virginia had eight. So it was close to the best football. Big. Every play mattered because, you know, when you have 15 or 16 possessions, heck, you know, you can make it up. But. Couldn't make it up today, and the Cowboys no. made the plays in the fourth quarter. OSU had uh, give OSU's offense credit. Yes, the defense was the start. The defense won the game, but OSU's offense got the ball four times in the second half. They went field goal, punt, touchdown, field goal. Yeah, that's not offense that's going to beat the Sooners necessarily. Not going to beat a vintage Texas team. It's not going to win one of those old Texas Tech shootouts. But here on a cold, rainy day in Morgantown. That's exactly what they needed. And so I thought it was an excellent performance all the way around by the Cowboys. Yeah, it was. You know, they had the, the rough second quarter on really kind of both sides of the ball a little bit. They uh, they just sort of seemed to, to lose their mojo a little bit after coming out and looking like they were going to be able to uh, have a pretty strong day. And uh, and then it kind of kind of went flat for that second quarter, but the third quarter they started to gain a little bit of momentum. And the fourth quarter things really kicked in. They... Um, you know they had gotten Chuba Hubbard going in the third quarter, and then fourth quarter they uh, they go a little up tempo and and get Drew Brown throwing some short quick passes, and uh, and he started throwing some strikes. And although Hubbard was the star on offense, obviously with 194 yards from scrimmage, 106 rushing, 88 receiving on seven screen passes, um, Drew Brown's finish to the day was pretty spectacular. You know. Drew Brown going into the fourth quarter was 14 of 19 for I don't know how many yards, 120, 125. Right. I forgot to look it up. But in the fourth quarter, Drew Brown goes 8 of 10. None of them were home run balls. None of them were deep no. throws. 
but out of his eight passes, five converted first downs and a sixth was a touchdown. Yeah. So for your backup quarterback to play that kind of ball, this is not a great West Virginia defense, not a great West Virginia team. But to play that kind of ball, this was a hungry Mountaineer team. Yeah, it was. They win. They can go to TCU next week trying to be bowl eligible. Mm -hmm. So it was a big game for West Virginia, and I thought Drew Brown really responded. Gundy loved him because no mistakes. Right. No interceptions, uh, no fumbles. Brown was he was a little down on himself for taking too many sacks. But uh, outside of that, I thought he played really well. And when you have this kind of defense, when you're playing this kind of defense, you can do that. You can you can you can try to win a game with a quarterback who just manages uh, the game. Yeah, absolutely. And he got he got the ball spread around to some playmakers. I think five different guys uh, had receptions, which doesn't sound like a lot, but they all had at least two, and they didn't throw the ball a ton. So uh, that was uh, that was they they did good in the way that they used those guys. And then as I as I said, Chuba Hubbard. Uh, the 88 receiving yards, that was huge. He had the 46-yarder to set up the first touchdown to Jelani Woods on a, a fourth down play that was, I thought was a really good call by Sean Gleason. Um, and you mentioned this after the game. That I thought I thought both coordinators had really good days. Yes, and for different reasons. Uh, let's take Mike Yersich. I thought he was pretty innovative. He had all you, kinds of Sean different formations. Who did I say? Mike Yersich. <laughs> he, he probably had an innovative day. I... <laughs> I've entered the time tunnel. I've I've come to the Eastern Time Zone, gone through the Appalachian Trail, and entered the time tunnel. <laughs> the time tunnel. No, uh, great. I thought it was a very innovative day for Sean Gleason. Early, he tried to mix things up. in In the first series of the game, Cowboys travel 10, 11 plays and go score a touchdown. They had formations during that so just that drive in which they had zero wideouts, mm-hmm. one wideout, two wideouts. Three wideouts, four wideouts, and once an empty backfield with five wideouts. So they literally threw all kinds of things at West Virginia early. Yeah. And then late, fourth quarter arrives, and Gleason goes to the straight, uh, almost exclusively the three wide mm-hmm. with Chuba in the backfield, Jelani Woods either as the tight end or just you know slot back right behind the where the tight end would line up, and. Up tempo, mm-hmm. and sort of put West Virginia on its heels. Drew Brown's a, you know, a cerebral quarterback. He can take in a lot of stuff. He ran that up tempo pretty well, and uh, so yes, I thought it was a very strong day for uh, for uh, Gleason, Chuba Hubbard. West Virginia wasn't letting him run, so what did he do? He had Drew Brown toss him the ball. Yep. Seven was it? Seven catches yep. for Chuba yep. on eighty-eight yards, biggest receiving day of his career. Yeah, uh, one of the biggest receiving days by an OSU running back in history. For right. crying out loud, yeah. so. Big, big day uh, for uh, but for Gleason. But I also thought, as you mentioned, I thought uh, Jim Knowles had a big day too. Yeah, he really did. Uh, not only in, in his uh, his game plan, I thought, was, uh, was really sharp considering the situation coming into it with a quarterback that you've really only seen one game of with this team. I mean, he's got some games from Bowling Green, but I don't know how much of those really apply, um, though it, is, it was a similar offense. Um, but in this system, he's only had one game of film. Um, that's uh, that's a big change for a uh, for a defense to uh, to have to try to adjust to when you don't have a lot of film on a guy. Uh, so you're looking at uh, looking at schemes and hoping that they're doing things that you've seen before. So um, I thought that his game plan was solid. And then Mike Gundy pointed out 
the, uh, the the very specific adjustment that they made that was killing them in the run game early, uh, where the way that the uh, the center was attacking their nose guard to uh, to open up a hole right up the middle, and uh, so they uh, nudged the center the nose guard over a little bit, moved a linebacker up, and uh, and West Virginia actually had negative rushing yards in the second half. So good day for from him i want to get a little bit more into the defense as a whole and uh talk a little bit more about chuba and and his uh his heisman campaign as it stands but uh for now let's take a quick break here on the cowboy chronicles presented by zach we are back on the cowboy chronicles presented by zaxby's i'm your host scott wright Joined by Barry Trammell. Barry, let's get into the defensive performance a little bit more because it was uh, it was pretty special, pretty imp- impressive. Um, they had uh, they had their moments where things didn't go great, but they uh, they they found their way into uh, into the right setup, into the right um, uh, the right schemes when they needed to be, and. Of course, it all came down to uh, a couple of really big defensive stops. But overall, I thought the defense played pretty well. Well, yeah, and it, it came down to two big stands, and you wrote about them. That first half, a goal line stand. If you remember, I mean, think about this, Scotty. West Virginia throws a touchdown pass. Right. Or, or yeah. thought it did. Right. The kid who caught it, I forgot which one it was, uh, gets a George Campbell maybe. He gets yeah. up just going crazy. He mm-hmm. thinks he scored a touchdown. It looked like he did. Yeah. But the, guy, the side judge runs in with his hand up and says, you know, they're about the foot line. He mm-hmm. was down. Then it goes to review, and it is so dang close. Yeah. I don't think they would have overturned it if he'd have called a touchdown. Right. Exactly. But he didn't call a touchdown. He called him down. So they line up, and they go uh, quarterback sneak. And nope, don't make it. So they line up, and they run another quarterback sneak. And nope, don't make it. So third and goal, and you know you think, well, they're not going to sneak it this time. And one of the West Virginia linemen moves. I hope it wasn't uh, Wickline. No, it, it wasn't. It wasn't Wickline. It okay. was not. I no. hope it, you know, old, uh, Joe Wickline's son starts for West Virginia on the offensive line. But so all of a sudden, it's third and six. They throw a pass. Trace Ford tips it. They got to kick a field goal. They were literally, I mean, a guy is celebrating a touchdown, and yeah. three earth minutes later, they're kicking a field goal. That's yeah. a four-point swing. Yeah. And then at the end of the game, you know, they get to 17, 18, 19-yard mm-hmm. line, whatever it was, and uh, push them back a couple of good open field tackles, and it's third and 12 or mm-hmm. whatever it was. And uh, Jim Knowles brings the blitz. He has to sort of throw the ball up, and Colby – Harvell Peel, I think, knocks it down. Yes. Fourth and 12, and Knowles decides, I'm not going to do that anymore. That was risky. This time he blitzes seven guys <laughs> instead of six, and it's just a jailbreak, and just Daggy has to sort of throw it up. So those are two huge stands, and that's what winning defenses do is knock people back when uh, when they're getting close. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned open field tackling. I thought other than one, maybe two instances that I can remember, they were really solid in the open field because that's what uh, um, that's what West Virginia was trying to do, and that's what like Baylor and Texas Tech were able to do: spread things out, get their guys in space, and then make big plays in the open field. And Oklahoma State, even even when they gave up receptions, were uh, they weren't giving up a lot of open field tackles. Yeah, and it was uh, from the start they set a good tone because the mm-hmm. first drive, um, 
I think West Virginia made seven yards, I think, on the first play of the game. Next two plays in open field, um, was it Sterling and Ogbomiga? Ogbomiga, yeah. I believe. Had so I think yeah. back-to-back tackles in the open field. Mm-hmm. And for, for like uh, short of the first down, and West Virginia have to, has to punt. And that really set the tone. And, you know, West Virginia's offense is not very good. It's by far the worst in the Big 12. However, they got a new quarterback, Jared mm-hmm. Daigie. For those of you who don't know, he's the brother of Seth Daigie, the Texas Tech quarterback from the old days. Mm-hmm. Seth Daigie was uh, uh, the Tech quarterback when Neil Brown was the old coordinator mm-hmm. there. Now uh, his little brother has joined Neil Brown, the new West Virginia head coach. So they looked really good. Daigie looked – Daigley looked good in, in pulling the upset last week of K-State. And frankly, yesterday or uh, on, on Saturday, Daigley looked pretty good too. What was he, 28 or 38 for 300 yards? Yep. He, he made a lot of plays. Cowboys just didn't let him, you know, they didn't let him in the end zone is what right. it amounted to. And they get one touchdown. So, you know, I thought it was a very good, you know, West Virginia again, not a great offense, but better than what their statistics show because I think they found a quarterback. Yeah, absolutely, and um, you know, Mike Gundy talked about some of the changes that they're making on defense that seem to be helping them out. Obviously, helped them contain Chuba Hubbard in terms of rushing the ball. Uh, he had to he at least had to work for his hundred yards this time around. Um, so they're doing some things. They're uh, they're trending in the right direction here in uh, in Neil Brown's uh, first season toward the end of it now. So uh, good stuff from them. And you also. Um wrote a little bit about the adjustments that Jim Knowles made. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cameron Murray there at Nose Guard was, you know, not – West Virginia was taking advantage of the way he was lined up. Jim right. Knowles had him moved, and that shut off the, the West Virginia run game, which was a little bit effective early, but no effectiveness late. Right, exactly. And that was uh, that was big because obviously they, they are uh, a really weak running team and they were having some success, not not crazy success. I, I think they had around 46 yards from their running backs in the first half, uh, but they were able to shut it down from there and not uh, not let it minus continue. four yards in the second half. I think. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so it was a really good defensive performance. the The usual suspects came up big. I thought Sterling and Harvell Peel were really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ogba Miga may have had his best game ever. He mm-hmm. was all over the field. And Cameron Murray uh, was really good. Trace Ford always. Trace Ford just makes plays. He does. He finds his way yeah. to uh, to the right. I like spot. that. You can you can you can work with that. Right? <laughs> yeah. Makes plays. You can. There's other things if if they if it's not going great. There's other things you can do to that'll work. So mm-hmm. you know I, I like the uh, I, this OSU defense has turned in statistically the way I care about defense. It's the second best defense in the Big Twelve, and it's. It's really good, and it's not particularly old. So, yeah, I like the future. That's what's pretty wild about this. You look at all three safeties are sophomores. Um, linebackers are, are all juniors, with the exception of Kevin Henry and Calvin Bundage, who are both coming back next year. <laughs> and uh, one defensive lineman in the in the rotation, uh, that being Mike Scott. Everybody else is – they. I mean, they're starting two freshmen right now, uh, a true sophomore and uh, – and a, a junior on the defensive line at this point. So, um, but a, a, even the, even the backups on the defensive line are, are young guys. So, a lot of uh, promise in the future of this defensive line that really seems to have turned the corner uh, in uh, here in Jim Knowles' second season. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll come right back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. <laughs> 
coming back in three, two, one. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. I'm your host, Scott Wright, joined by Barry Trammell. Barry, it was uh, it was interesting. Dylan Stoner was asked about uh, about Chuba Hubbard's performance, and uh, and his response was New York. That's all I can think of uh, when I think of him. Um, I got asked about it the other day on a uh, on a radio show, and sort of described it this way. I, I think I, I, if this was March Madness, I think I think Chuba Hubbard is a bubble team as far as whether he gets in the field that goes to New York or not. You know, I don't uh, I, I don't see it as a as a guaranteed thing right now, but I don't think he's completely out of the running at this point. Your thoughts? I think it's going to be hard for Chuba to make it to New York. I mean, Joe Burrow is going to win the Heisman. I think everybody knows that. Right. And the problem you have is it's going to be a runaway. I think. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts, Tua Tagovailoa, Chase Young—they've all got, they've all sort of been obliterated by Joe Burrow, Jonathan Taylor, the Wisconsin, everybody. Mm-hmm. And what happens is they generally take guys based on how close they are in the voting, and when it's a runaway, they tend to maybe narrow the field down to as few as three. Right. And I think that's what could happen this year. I'm, I'm afraid. I also think Chuba is not necessarily going to be the top running back in the voting. Mm-hmm. A lot of Big Ten voters. Jonathan Taylor has had nowhere near the year Chuba has, but has had a great career. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be uphill for uh, for Chuba Hubbard. You know, a huge day today would have helped. And you said it a couple times. He actually had a big day, 194 scrimmage yards. Right. But 88 come come from pass from mm-hmm. pass receptions. And if you're if you're a tailback, only the most sophisticated analysts really focus in on that yeah um it's a lot better to get 194 rushing yards than 194 receiving and rushing yards so uh but i thought chuba was very good today i really did i thought um west virginia was stacked to stopping and he did two things he got some tough yardage Mm -hmm. uh there in that fourth quarter he made a couple of nice runs i know they they really went on drew brown's arm that fourth quarter but he made a couple of tough runs to set him up and the 46 yard screen pass opened the game basically Mm -hmm. gave Oklahoma State a touchdown right that's the only thing they really did for three quarters Mm -hmm. so um you know Hubbard was big as always uh, but it it wasn't the kind of blast off you might hope for yeah no you're exactly right if if he has 194 rushing yards and you know so that would have put him uh, over 1900 yards total with a chance to break 2,000. I mean, he still has a chance to break 2,000 uh, in Bedlam next week, but it's going to take a whole lot more uh, than uh, than it would have. But, um, you know, if he was uh, if he was up in that territory and had a game like that in a uh, crucial situation, that catches a lot more attention. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how, uh, how things play because, uh, you know, you look at the last two weeks, and it's been two of his weaker uh, rushing performances – but he's had uh, 120, uh, 130 receiving yards in in the last two games now. So people are going. I'm making it tough, you know, on all these guys. Yeah. Um, so um, next week, Oklahoma is not a defense that's just going to shut you down. I mean, they'll right. give up some big plays. So perhaps Cowboys Hubbard can get back in the big play business. You know, nineteen. Um, 19 times this year, OSU's had a 50-yard, I think it's a 50-yard gain mm-hmm. or more. Zero tonight. Did not have a did not right. have a 50-yard gain tonight. So this is not a grinded-out offense. That's really, I should have mentioned this in my column. 
That's really what makes it so impressive, that fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. The, the, drive, the long drive to a touchdown and the good drive to a field goal. Cowboys did it without a big play. Yeah. It was just six yards here, seven yards here, 11 yards here, five yards here. That's not been the method for this, for this Cowboy team all season. Right. And for Drew Brown to produce that, I think, is pretty impressive. And there was one play that Chuba had that's it's not it's not your uh, your your typical Heisman moment that people are going to be talking about, but in listening to the players talk about it, um, there was a play where uh, where he hurdled a guy on the sidelines, got knocked oh, out yeah, of bounds, yeah, 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 and that got uh, that got people pretty fired up. That it, was a, a it, motivating moment. It was great, and. Just barely got the first down. Yeah, In fact, exactly. They seem to review every other play today, but they didn't mm-hmm. even review that one, which is always, you know, when somebody flies it in the air out of bounds, that's always a yeah, reviewable like a definite, play. Definite review. But they didn't review that when it gave OSU a first down. It's an excellent play. Yeah, he's he's something special. I wish he'd come back just because I'm a selfish person, but um, I think we better enjoy him the next uh, two games. Yep, I'm with you there. I'm uh, I'm leaning that same direction. Uh, let's let's briefly look at uh, at, at Bedlam. Uh, obviously, um, you know it's a, a unique situation with uh, with with the Cowboys being without Spencer Sanders now, and um, you know uh, just everything that's, uh, that that was on the table not necessarily on the table anymore. So, um, and we'll have plenty of time to get into the rest of this with our uh, with our regular uh, midweek and and late week podcasts, but. Uh, your your thoughts on on kind of what uh, what this bedlam matchup looks like? It's not a good matchup for OSU. I've been saying that the way you beat Oklahoma is you score. Right now, you can score on them, mm-hmm. but they're going to score on you. They scored on Alabama. They scored on Georgia. They scored on Ohio State. They score on everybody. Right. So you're not going to beat them twenty to thirteen. You're not going to beat them twenty four twenty one. You got to beat them like Kansas State beat them. 48-41. You got to beat yeah. them like Alabama did. 45-34. You got to score on them. And OSU's really not set up to score on them. So the Cowboys need some they need some defensive, they need some turnovers. Mm-hmm. A defensive touchdown would help. A special teams touchdown would help even more. So that's what the Cowboys sort of need. I don't think this OSU this OSU offense isn't throwing up 38 points. When's it done? When's the last time it did that? Is I mean, he got twenty-seven offensive points on TCU, thirty-four on T. I mean, on Iowa State, thirty-four on TCU. I can't remember if they got much help or if that was all offense generated. Thirty-one on Kansas, twenty here in Morgantown. You got they they got to find ways to get some extra touchdowns because even if you play great defense on Oklahoma, they score. You know, thirty-five. Yeah, I mean Baylor played great on them. Played great defense. I know you got thirty-four and beat them thirty-four, thirty-one. So you got score to beat Oklahoma. You can do it. People have done it, but mm-hmm. that's the way you do it. You're not going to beat them twenty to sixteen. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's not going to happen, and and you're probably not going to beat them forty to thirty-six for that matter. Yeah. Um. So it's going to take uh, it's going to take Oklahoma State figuring some things out, particularly. You know the offensive line will need to play better than it did tonight, um, and obviously the defense keep it up. But uh, you know protect Drew Brown better, give him chances to make the throws that he can make, and and you're going to have to find your way into some of those big plays that uh, that Chuba Hubbard has, has shown himself capable of making. So that's going to be, I think, the uh, the big key 
but uh, but but overall, with everything that uh, that this Oklahoma State team has uh, has battled through, um, pretty resilient, and uh, and I've been pretty impressed with the way that they've come around. Down oh, it's the a wonderful season. You lose to Texas in a disappointing manner, mm-hmm. and you lose to Texas Tech in just ridiculous five turnovers for crying right. out loud. And then here on Thanksgiving, you're eight and three. Mm-hmm. You got to be happy with that. I mean, it's an excellent coaching job by you know get this team back on on track, and you know defense has really matured into something special. And now you've you even had to had to go with a new quarterback, and he's produced after one game. So I think it's got the makings it's got the makings of a really good of a good team this year, but it really sets up for next season. You know, these Cowboys could be really uh, set up to become Big 12 title contenders. Yep, absolutely. When you look at uh, at all the young guys, regardless of what happens with guys like Tyler Wallace, Chuba Hubbard, um, all the other talent that they've uh, that they've got, got a chance to be something pretty special. All right, he is Barry Trammell. I am Scott Wright. We thank you for joining us here on the Cowboy Chronicles podcast, which, as always, is brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast.